Today's video is all about, with interest rates so low, are bonds and the Ray Dalio all-weather portfolio approach still a good place to invest in? So if you're already in these areas or you're thinking about moving into these areas and you're not sure whether to do it or not, based on what's going on, just generally in the current economic environment or because interest rates are so low, this is definitely the video for you. So without further ado, let's get stuck in. Hi, my name is James Corsier and welcome to the Money Paradox podcast. Yes, that's right. We're going through this really important topic at the moment and that is should you be investing in the all-weather portfolio approach, Ray Dalio, and or bonds just in itself with interest rates being so low. And the reason why this is such a big topic at the moment is because interest rates are effectively at zero for many countries. In the UK, the Bank of England base rate is at 0.1%. So if you're lending money to the government at the moment, you're basically getting zero, 0.1%, basically nothing. You look at the US, if you lent money to the US Federal Reserve, so effectively their central bank, 0%. You're basically getting nothing. You're lending them money and what do you get back? You just get your money back later on down the line. And when you factor in inflation, so the devaluation of your money over time, it's effectively costing you money to lend it to the government over time. So this is really at the core of why people are concerned because generally speaking, okay, there's two ways in which you can make money from holding a bond. The first way is you buy a bond, which is effectively lending money to a government. And in exchange for doing that, the government will pay you interest. So maybe 1% a year for lending them the money. At the end, you get your money back. And it's nice and safe because you're lending it to a government. And so, you know, if you're picking a government like the UK or the US, when it's extremely unlikely they're going to default on those loans, then you know, you're getting a small return, but at least you feel it's safe. The other way you can get it is by the value of the bond. And this one is a bit harder to get your head around, but it is important to understand as part of the topic we're talking about. So when an interest rate goes up or down, the value of the bonds already in the market also go up or down. So let's roll through an example. Let's say I go to the UK Central Bank and I say, look, here's a thousand pounds, okay? And in exchange, what can you give me? And at the time, the Central Bank saying, I'll give you 2% for whatever money you lend me, right? So I lend them a thousand pounds. Every year I get 20 pounds in interest. And at the end of the period of which I lend them the money, I get my money back. Great. Now let's fast forward six months. And the central bank saying, you know what? Now I'm not going to give people 2%. I'm going to give people 1% return. Things have changed and that's what I'm willing to offer. So John comes along. And he goes to the central bank and he's got the ability to lend the money and get 1%. But what he could do is he could come to me and buy my bond off me. 
my bond is offering 2%, whereas if he goes directly to the central bank, he's only getting 1%. So as a result, the value of my bond is worth more than the value of the bonds already on the market now. Sorry, on the market, if you go out and actually get that bond directly from the central bank. So relative to what's on offer now, the value of my bond has gone up because the return is higher relatively. So that is effectively what causes this inverse relationship between the changing interest rates and the value of the bonds already in the market. If interest rates go down, the value of bonds already in the market like mine goes up. And if you look over the last 10 or 20 years, bonds have just been systematically going down. They've gone up sometimes, but generally speaking, they've gone down. So if you've held bonds over time, you've actually done very well because the value of those bonds have gone up. And that is where the majority of the money has been made in bonds, not in the small amount of interest that you're making that from actually holding that bond. Now, the concern at the moment is because if it's at zero, then surely it can't go down further. And if it can't go down further, you're not going to get any more return from the value of those bonds. In addition, what if interest rates start to go back up? Then aren't the value of your bonds that you've already got going to go down? And therefore, it goes from being a great kind of safe investment to being something where you can actually lose money. A bond, which is considered you know, what you do to keep things safe and reliable, you could actually lose money in that area. And that is why people are concerned. It's an area that's usually considered as a safe haven, but now it's felt to be risky in some ways. So is that really the case? Well, let's look at it. So the first thing is, I'm going to give you an example about what happened to me. So last year, okay, I had a portion of my money invested in the all-weather portfolio approach. And for the period in which I was invested in that approach, I made something like 20% in just six months. That is really high for something that is considered quite a safe, low volatility approach, making 20% in six months, that's basically a 40% annual return, huge. One of the reasons I got such a high return is because bonds within that portfolio approach went up considerably. It went up, I think it was 40% over that period of time, a huge jump in that area and in, a, in an area which is considered fairly safe and reliable, huge jump. Now that was because the market was nervous, interest rates were dropping, there were reasons for it. Now, because of those big increases in many of the different areas in that approach, I decided to move out of that approach at the time, in part because I'd made a huge increase in a very short period of time, and I didn't think that was sustainable. But also, I had some other investment opportunities. I was buying some properties at the time and I wanted to unlock the cash. And it was a right time to do it on a kind of a high, right? Rather than waiting a little bit longer and it dropping and then losing out on that change. That was my reason. And it made sense and it did me very well because the month after it dropped considerably and I would have lost a lot of money. 
said it was the right decision for me at the time based on my setup. But recently, because of what's happened in the market, interest rates dropping considerably down to basically zero, uncertainty, concern in the market because of COVID, bond markets and the funds that hold these bonds have shot up again dramatically. So the funds that I would have been invested in have shot up another 30% from their previous high. So if I'd still be invested in them even till now, I would have made even more money in that area. Now the example, the reason why I'm giving this example is because back last year, when I was looking at an area that had shot up a huge amount in a very short period of time, they were all, it was already really low interest rates, there was already a lot of uncertainty, you know, it was at a, at a huge peak relative to what it had been before. When you're looking at that situation, when I was looking at that situation, it was very difficult to see that it could go really much higher. But then fast forward less than a year later, it shot up even again, a huge increase. So in the moment, given what you know now, it's very hard it, it's very hard to know what's going to happen in the future. It may, may, you may feel very strongly that something's going to happen and no, a certain situation is never going to happen, but you just don't know. There's always what we call this black swan event, right? If every swan you see is white, then you just assume that every swan going forward is going to be white. It's only until you wake up one day and you see a black swan that you realize a swan could actually be black. So it's the same with markets and investments and so on. You, know, you might be sitting there thinking, there's no way bonds can go up in value anymore. They can only go down. I need to get out of bonds, absolutely. But what I'm saying is you don't know for sure. And there is a certain level of uncertainty and ambiguity in what's going on and what will happen in the future so you should always be humble in your beliefs. Because if you knew something with 100% certainty, then wouldn't you invest your whole life in it? Wouldn't you sell everything you owned and just put in it because you knew it was gonna go up and you would make money? Wouldn't you go and borrow money to invest in it, right? But you don't, do you? You don't know for 100% certainty and that's why people don't do it. And if you did, you would be very rich very quickly, okay? So very few people can do that. And so always be careful when you get into that kind of mindset. Another good example, Amazon. So given what's going on at the moment, people are saying, oh, Amazon's going to be the next, you know, uh, they're just going to keep growing. You've got to invest in Amazon or Netflix or Deliveroo because these are the companies that are doing really well, well given the current environment. Again, does that then mean that you're going to sell your house and, and invest it all in Amazon? Just because it's doing really well right now, does that mean it's going to do well in six months, a year? Hell, it could do really well next year. But if it does less well than people previously expected, then the, 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 value, the, in, the, the value of those shares may actually go down. And that's because even though it's going to do well in the future, the perception, the view was is is was better than it actually is. And so perception has dropped and therefore the value of shares have dropped. So just always be careful when you've got a strong view 
always look to be humble with it and be careful, especially when you're looking to invest big amounts of money. So I'll give you some examples of, of ways in which bonds could still do well in the future. So firstly, long-term bonds still have a return. So when people quote the rates of bonds, they're talking about short-term bonds, right? Effectively, when you're just holding that for say a month or three months or what have you. But longer-term bonds like 20-year bonds, 30-year bonds where you know I'm lending that money to the government and I'm getting that money back, I'm getting that money back in say 30 years time, a huge period of time. But because I'm locking that money up for a much longer period of time, you generally get a better return. So not all bonds are giving 0% with say the UK and the US at the moment. Okay, it's the shorter term bonds. So there is a still a return there. It's just not as high. Another way it could, it could increase more, they could go negative, okay? So yes, they're at zero, but that isn't the floor. Okay, they can go negative. So for example, they could say, well, from now on, if you lend us money, you can give us money, but it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you 1% of what you lend us each year just for us to hold the money. You might say, well, how can they possibly do that? That's not gonna work. Well, in uncertain environments, when people have a lot of money, they need to put it somewhere, right? It's unsafe, they can't just put it under a mattress. If you've got 10 pounds, it's fine. But if you've got 10 million, what are you gonna do with that money? You've got to put it somewhere. You've got to put it somewhere safe. And putting the money with a central bank for a big, well-established government, not everybody may believe this, but it's generally considered very safe because they're not going to renege on those debts. So when you have money, you want to be putting it somewhere. Same with a bank. Because if the, if the central bank rates go down to negative, you could even get a situation where your normal regular high street bank is gonna charge you to hold money. Because for them to lend money to the government, they would have to pay interest to them for that facility, so they may pass that on. Now again, this might not happen, but it could. This is a possible scenario that could play out. So if you're all betting your whole um, situation that you think that's not gonna happen, when there's a risk it could, that's when you get into troubled water. So for example, you could have to pay interest on money that is sitting in your bank, in your savings accounts, for example. Already, most bank, most bank, bank accounts, savings accounts have dropped their rates to zero. That might actually go into negative territory soon. A couple other things. So the actual, even if the interest rates drop further, you might even still have a return on the bond that you hold. So if it's a long-term bond, yes, interest rates might go back up, but you're still actually getting a return on that bond, the bond that you'd already owned in that fund or what have you that you did. So there is still a return there. And then lastly, dollar cost averaging or pound cost averaging if you're in the UK. Effectively, this means if you're investing over a period of time, then you're buying a particular investment at regular intervals or at different times. And when that happens, you're buying in at different prices. So yes, you might think, well, bonds might go down in the future. But let's say today bonds are worth 100, then tomorrow it's worth 90, and then it starts to go back up. Well, 
Yes, you could lose money on the bonds you hold at the moment when it goes from 100 to 90, but if you're investing in bonds every month, then you're investing in it at 90, then you're investing in maybe at 92, 95, 100 when it starts to go back up. So there's less risk at a price of, at a particular time. You, it's a really powerful way to almost diversify or hedge against big drops or changes in prices. So if you've got a huge amount of money and you're thinking about investing in bonds today and that's it, then this risk is bigger. But if you're just saving in a certain percentage of what you own every month into bonds, then if it suddenly drops or it drops in six months or what have you, but then it starts to go up or it goes up now and then drops back down, these risks, these concerns, that changing price is less of an impact for you because you're investing at those different prices as it goes along. Okay, so I've given you some examples of why it could work. Let's look at the two main concerns as to why it's a bad idea right now. First one is if rates go back up. So if the central bank in the UK, the US, or wherever else in the, in the world where you're lending the money to those governments go up, the value of your bonds can drop dramatically very quick, especially if you've got medium or long-term bonds because they're wrapped up for a lot longer period of time they tend to be more volatile and more impacted by these changes. So if suddenly rates start going up two, three, five percent from central banks, the value of bonds could really change quite dramatically and that could hurt the value of your assets. Secondly is inflation and this is a big one and one, an area that people don't look at as much. If the value of money goes down then the return you're getting for those bonds goes down. So let's take the example again. I lend a thousand pounds to the UK government. They're promising to pay me 2% each year, 20 pounds a year. But when it comes to a year's time and they give me the 20 pounds and that now 20 pounds is worth 18 pounds, right? Rather than 20 pounds now because the value of money has gone down, right? Because in a year's time, when I receive that £20, I can do less with it. Things cost more in a year's time. Then the money I'm making is worth less from that bond. And then when I finally get the money back off that bond, that money as well is, is worth less. So if inflation goes up, the value of these bonds go down. If it is a non-inflation index bond. So don't worry if that doesn't make sense to you, but most bonds that people look at are non-inflation index. So the money you receive for holding that bond is always the same regardless of inflation. Now, a big concern for people at the moment, certainly a lot of the people that I highly respect in the market, are saying there are big inflation concerns. And that is because Lots and lots of governments around the world are pumping huge amounts of money into the economy to help it because COVID has had such a strong impact that when you do that, you have to support the economy to make sure it doesn't go into a depression. It's already in a recession, but if you allow it to escalate, then it could get into depression. They would be very difficult to recover from. So we're pumping huge amounts of money to help that. But when you put all that money into the economy, that can have inflationary pressures because that money's got to go somewhere, right? 
the value, if you're putting more money into the economy, then the value of each one of those pounds or dollars can be worth less because there's more of them. Now, there's arguments to say that it could cause deflation or inflation. At the moment, values of certain prices of, of products are going down because there's less demand for them. So there's a big question mark over whether it's going to cause deflation or inflation, and it depends on the products, but this is definitely a concern. That's the key point. So if it does, and it, inflation goes up really dramatically, 10, 20% inflation, which has happened in the past, look at the 80s or the 70s, then the value of those bonds could be worth less as well. So in summary, when it comes to bonds, personally, right, this is my perspective, I won't be investing in bonds on their, sell, on their own as an investment because I feel the downward pressure to all of the things that could make them go down in value is bigger than the upward pressure. So all of the reasons why it could go up, because that's the way I look at things. If you think about a particular scenario or something happening, you never know for sure whether it's gonna happen. It, uh, there could be reasons why it could happen, but ultimately there's a level of uncertainty. So there could be all these reasons why something might go up, but there's this one other reason that ended up become that ended up happening and happening with a stronger impact than all those other reasons that forces it down. So you know things could cause it to go up or down, but as a whole, ultimately it's rolling in dice. So personally, I think the upward pressure is lower than the downward pressure, and that's why I am not investing in bonds at the moment as a whole. But guys, this is not investment advice. This is simply me telling you what I'm doing and what my situation is. You've got to go out, make up your own mind and think about what you want to be doing and why and forming a view of what you think is going to happen in the future based on, uh, based on information from many different sources. I'll give you a few reasons why I think that. So firstly, I think inflation is a big risk at the moment. Huge pressures for inflation. So much money has been pumped in the economy. Inflation may not go up now over the next year or two, but ultimately when that money then starts to filter through the economy, it's going to have a huge inflation pressure. And when we get into that situation, it's going to be very difficult to deal with because all of the usual mechanisms that governments use like pumping money, like lowering interest rates, they can't do because they've already abused those approaches so much in the past. So it'll be very difficult for them to deal with those inflation pressures and they might have to resort to other tactics that will actually worsen the situation or worsen the economy to get it better overall. So inflation is definitely a big risk for me and also rates are low, they might go to negative but fundamentally, they're not, the, the likelihood of them going down much further is much lower for me than certainly in the medium to long term than it going back up. They have to ultimately go back up so that that mechanism of being able to reduce interest rates in the future, to have that control, to be able to stimulate the economy when they want to, they want that tool back ultimately. So they're going to need to at some point do that to get back into more control than they had before. Now, that's bonds. All weather 
is a completely different situation. Now you might easily think, well, the all-weather Ray Dalio portfolio is 55% bonds. So surely, if you don't think bonds are a good idea, the all-weather portfolio approach is also a bad idea because if you're in that approach, you're massively weighted towards bonds. So if bonds go down, surely your portfolio is going to go down. And that is the extrapolation a lot of people are thinking right now. They're worried. They're thinking, well, I don't know whether I should go into this approach or um, I'm already in it. I've got a lot of money invested in the all-weather approach and a big portion of that is bonds. What do I do? Well, Big, big question. And I can understand the concern that I totally get it. It's concerning. The whole point of an approach like the all weather is for it to be safe, for it to be low volatility, that you know you should be getting a good return each year and there's a low risk that any one year is going to go down. And all of a sudden you're in a situation where bonds could massively drop in value and your your assets, right? The value of what you hold could massively drop. I get the concern. So let's look at some of the good things about this and some of the bad things about it. So bad things first, why people are concerned. One, rates could go up, like I said, which would mean bonds would go down in value and your portfolio would go down in value. It's unlikely for interest rates to go down even further. So the upside is pretty low. There's inflationary pressures, like I said, which would mean that the value, the return you're getting from those bonds will be poor. And long-term bonds, which is what the all-weather portfolio is heavily geared towards, is more volatile. It could impact, could be impacted great more greatly than the short-term bonds. So when interest rates change, long-term bonds have bigger swings in their value versus short-term bonds. And that's because, like, say, if you have a 30-year bond, if an interest rate changes, the interest is affecting the whole 30 years, not just a small amount. So that's why people are concerned. But let's look at the positives around that and why it's not so clear-cut. Firstly, like I said, dollar-cost averaging. Most people who do the all-weather portfolio approach tend to save a certain percentage of their income in this approach. So every month they take a certain amount of money, say 500 pounds or 100 pounds or 1,000 pounds, and they put it into this approach. So over time, they're investing more money into it. They're not doing it as a big bang. And when you're doing it over a regular period of time, then even if prices go down or up, it's less of a concern if there's a sudden drop or a sudden increase because you're investing over time. So yes, maybe over the next year, the value goes down. But if the year after it goes up, then you've invested at times when it was high, but also at times when it was low. But then that's a more likelihood that from that lower point, it's going to go up. So the risk around that is lower. Secondly, the whole point of the all-weather approach or all-seasons approach is that it's for all seasons. It's for all types of weather. The, the very nature of it, go back to why you invested in this approach or why you were thinking about investing in this approach. Because the point of it is it doesn't matter what's going on in the economy or the world or whatever, 
This approach has low volatility and reliability. Now, you may not think that. I'm not saying you should do this and it, and it will definitely go up in the long term. That is something you need to make up your own mind based on this approach, okay? But if that was your view when you invested it a year ago or why you were thinking about it now, if that was your view, you've got to then think, has that view changed? So the point of it is that if it's summer or winter, regardless of what season, the whole point of it is that it does, it tends to do well in all weathers. And the reason for that is that the things you're invested in, bonds, but also gold, stocks and commodities tend to do well in different environments. So if one goes down, another one may go up. So overall, in the medium to long term, it tends to go up. That's the theory behind it. So if one area is of concern, then the other areas may well support it and do better for you. Another key area is market timing. So what you're effectively doing is you're saying, well, hold on, I'm looking at this all weather approach and I'm thinking actually a portion of it right now is not a good idea. I'm not gonna avoid that area. Or I might sell that area and move into something else. What you're doing there is you're timing the market. You're saying right now, this is a bad time. Maybe I'll go back into it when it's a good time. So then what is a good thing right now? Oh, maybe gold is a good thing or maybe shares are a good thing because they've dropped. You're timing the market and that is dangerous because when you start to time the market, it's very hard to stop. So bonds you think are bad now, well, when are they good? In six months, a year? What if the value of those bonds drop by 10%? Is it good then? What about 20%? What about if it dropped by half? Isn't it now a good time? Okay, great. So then you start investing then. At what point does it stop being a good investment? And it's a slippery slope. As soon as you come off a, an approach with some clear principles and rules, regardless of the situation, you then start then having to manipulate and changing and thinking about it. Oh, I'm not going to do bonds now. Now what? How long should I stop? I'm gonna, and then you've got to start tracking the market, tracking the price and tracking sentiment and thinking about what other people are doing and what interest rates are doing. And then you start having to follow the market. If that's what you want to do and you think you're going to do well from doing it, fine, do it. But if the point of you doing that approach, so you didn't need to follow the market, you didn't need to worry about what season we're in, we didn't need to worry about timing the market, when to go in, when to go out, you just you just do it, then you suddenly lost that. And that one decision starts to escalate and it breaks down the whole approach. In addition, when you suddenly change one aspect of a portfolio approach, you're not just changing that, you're changing the whole overall structure. The Ray Dalio will weather a portfolio approach works based on a specific ratio. Ray Dalio recommends it because you have a certain percentage in bonds versus gold or shares or commodities. Bonds is a higher amount relative to shares because shares are more volatile than bonds. Shares are more likely to go up or down relative to bonds. Equally, gold or commodities are even more volatile. So gold could go down more drastically, say, than shares. So you want to have a different ratio amount. So if you suddenly reduce the amount of 
shares you have in bonds, then what? Do you reinvest in the other areas and make that area bigger? Well, then you're taking more risk in that area. Do you hold that money that was in bonds in cash? Well, again, that's still gonna affect your ratio. So then you have all these knock-on consequences. It starts to get messy and you're no longer following an approach that was recommended by Ray Dalio. Now you're basically on your own, taking your own approach, your own investment journey. And so then when things happen or change or, or something happens you weren't expecting, then what? You're not sure. And the process can escalate. And that's when you get into a dangerous situation and then you're not sure what to do. So be careful. So another area to think about is opportunity cost. So opportunity cost basically means when you make a decision, you're thinking about something, there's, there's an, always an alternative, okay? So if I'm thinking about investing in bonds, what's the alternative? So I've got cash in the bank, say I've got a thousand pounds in my bank. Well, if I think I'm gonna make a 1% return on bonds, you might think, well, that's really low. But if those, that cash is just sitting in the bank earning nothing, well then that's good. It's a good, uh, it's a good alternative because I'm making more money doing that. So the opportunity cost, the cost of the alternative is less than what's going on at the moment, so it makes sense. But if I've got the opportunity to make 1% each year from investing in bonds, but I've also got say a property over there that I know I could buy and I'm confident I could get a 10% return on my investment, well then that bond seems to be a way less attractive offer. And the opportunity cost is much higher. The cost of that alternative opportunity is much higher relative to what I'm looking at. But going back to this situation, say you're looking at not investing in bonds, say within your portfolio, what's your alternative? What's your opportunity cost? If you've got loads of different investment ideas and opportunities in your situation, then, then there's much stronger benefits to going and doing something else. But if you don't and your money's just sitting in cash or you're not sure what else to put it in, then it's a different matter. So bear that in mind. So in summary, where I'm coming from here is the point of a Ray Dalio all-weather portfolio approach is it's an investment approach that is for all weathers you invest in it spring summer autumn or winter you don't worry about when to put it in you don't worry about what's going on at the moment you just invest you don't think about it with the belief that over time in the long term it will do well it might go down sometimes it might go up other times but ultimately the belief is that it will go up in the long term with less volatility, with less risk of it moving up or down drastically. So if you look at the current situation, you're saying, well, but something's different. There's big risk going on. Key part of that though, is that there's always something going on. There's always something everybody's talking about saying, this is gonna go down or this is gonna go up. And then it's very tempting to hear these things and go, okay, I'm gonna adapt my portfolio as a result of that to make it better. So think about it. When the market suddenly, let's take stocks. So stocks are a section within the Ray Dalio all-weather portfolio. When COVID happened, stocks dropped a huge amount, okay? 
30% pretty much in the UK, the US, a massive drop. So almost overnight, people are holding that. So people, for example, in the Ray Dalio, Ray Dalio weather portfolio, a massive drop in that area within their, within their uh, fund. So they're looking at that and people could say, oh my God, the world's ending, COVID's happening, it's just gonna get worse. The value is gonna go lower and lower and lower. Temptation might be just sell. Just I've lost 30%, but let's just sell now to make sure I don't lose any more money. But what happened over the next few months, it's kept going up and up and up and up. And now it's regained uh, almost as much as it lost. So if you'd sold at that bottom, and it went back up, you would have lost that regain and you would have lost the opportunity of making that money. In it equally, you're now sitting here with nothing invested in stocks. Now, where is it? Is it sitting in cash? Is it in something else that's maybe lost even more money? When do you invest back in? Do you now invest back in now because it's now regained and it's more confident and it's safer because the uh, people are more confident around how we're going to recover from COVID? But then what happens if it's what we call a dead cap bounce? It's a re, a, um, the market goes back up after it drops a lot, only for it to then drop back again. What happens if you go back in now and it drops again, it drops even further? Then what do you do? You've lost even more money. You're like, oh no, what doesn't, doesn't matter what I do, I'm still losing money. This is the big issue with trying to time the market or trying to think about what's going on and adapt your strategy you start then having to manage it. If you go out, you've then got to think about when you go back in, right? Always got to be careful with that. And the key thing is just because something is concerning or has um, worries around it doesn't mean it's going to go down. It's about the change in perception. So if everybody thinks interest rates are going to go down by 2% tomorrow, yeah, 2% tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and interest rates go down by 1%. Even though they've dropped by 1%, which is bad, the value of those bonds will actually most likely go up in value. And that's because the reality of the situation was less bad than people's belief of the situation. Okay, so always be careful with this situation. Right, Mark. Uh, opportunity cost. If you come out of it, where is it going? Is it going into other areas of that portfolio? Is it going into just cash sitting there? What's the implication of that? When do you go back in? Always think about the implications around those decisions. So in summary, in for the all weather portfolio approach, it's not as clear cut for me. Personally, it's not, if I was, you know, right now, I personally, wouldn't be investing in bonds. Guys, use your own decision, make your own view of what you think is gonna happen in the future, whether it's gonna go up and down and make your decision on that. But with all weather portfolio approach, go back, my, my view in this area is, go back and think about why you went for this approach in the first place or why you want to go with this approach in the first place. And then think, based on what's going on at the moment, has that fundamentally changed why you wanted to go into this area? So for example, if you went into the Ray Dalio, Ray Dalio all-weather portfolio approach because you didn't want to worry about market timing, you didn't want to worry about all the opportunity alternatives, you didn't want to worry about 
when to go in, when to go out, following the market, thinking about whether it's good or bad or whether interest rates are going to go up or whether the people think they're going to grow up or whether the economy is doing well or whether China is corrupt at the moment or going to be the next big superstar. All of those questions and concerns and things you've got to follow and all the nuances and complexities of whether that's going to increase or decrease certain elements. You went with that approach because you thought, you know, I, I can just go into it uh, with the view that I'm not going to have to think about whether something's going to go up or down because I'm diversified and hedging about many different areas that that overall will shield certain aspects that will go down and in the long run the thing will go up overall if that was your view okay and you then look at the situation right now and you think well has that fundamentally changed if that's a no and you think you know what no i i still think that's the case in the long term that is what that approach is going to do well then it's a no-brainer that you would just carry on with that approach if long-term investing in that approach was what you wanted to do then don't change it but if you're looking at the current situation right now and you'll say geez coronavirus is happening this is a once in life opportunity uh, situation i think the markets are going to like self-destruct i think inflation is going to go crazy i think you know five ten years from now we're going to be in a worse situation in many different assets not just bonds but i think stock markets are going to go down and never quite recover for a long period of time you know this is unprecedented history i think the rules that that make up why the all weather approach is good now no longer apply if that is genuinely your view then don't weather it don't invest in your weather portfolio approach because the principles behind you doing it have changed so that would be my biggest recommendation for you is go back and think about why you did what you did and has that changed or why you're thinking about it now and the rationale for, for, for wanting to do it now has that changed and go from that place it's always important to to uh, when things are going crazy kind of go back to basics and think about what was driving original thoughts and thinking about whether that's changed rather than getting caught up in the emotions and the media and the news about the here and now so guys i hope you found that video useful if you did guys like it subscribe to hear my future videos each week i bring out content on many different areas all about how to strengthen your financial future and become financially free in summary, interest rates are low. Thinking about what that means for bonds and all weather portfolio approach is not as simple as one going up and another going down. There's a lot of things to be thinking about and there can be a lot of reasons as to why you may have done something or why you may want to be doing something in the future. So just because one thing changes does that mean those other areas change? That is the question you want to be asking yourself before you start to change your view on how you want to invest. Guys, I hope you found this video useful and as, much and, and as helpful, as interesting as I found putting it together. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.